We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Sports Daily, gearing you up for another big day of college basketball here on KFH and other places around our Odyssey family here in Wichita. Excited about it. It is a fun time of year. It is a stressful time of year. Let's start with the shockers in this hour, Tommy. As we looked back in the last hour, we'll look ahead in this one. If you missed anything, you want to go back and listen, you can always find us. KFHradio.com and for free on our Odyssey app. Uh, Tulane looms next. It was a 95-90 to loss in overtime, blowing a big lead at Charles Koch Arena, and then a trip to New Orleans, an 83-76 win there, uh, where they got out to another big lead, and Tulane got it close. And it's Tulane for now a third time. The rubber match, Tommy, on a neutral floor, just as it should be. I fully expect another really good and entertaining game to watch here in this third round of the series. Yeah, so do I. And, you know, look, this is a two-lane team that it was really important when Wichita State went to New Orleans to avenge the overtime loss that they had in Charles Koch Arena. Uh, it's been well documented, the struggles that Wichita State had at home this season playing in front of the home crowd. And, uh, that overtime loss against Tulane, I think, um, sort of encapsulated the struggles that Wichita State had at home this season. Remember, they got out to that big lead against Tulane uh, at home, and then Tulane came back, forced overtime, and then ultimately won the game uh, in overtime. And so it was really important, I think, for Wichita State to get that monkey off their back in New Orleans for the second matchup. And now it's the rubber match, right? And this is a Tulane team that um, I think that they also feel like they are talented enough to make a deep run 
in the conference tournament. And so we're going to see both of these teams match up when they both feel like they have a right to be playing for an American conference tournament championship. And so, of course, yeah, it's, it's the rubber match. It's, it's one to one. And this one will decide who gets the, uh, you know, who, who gets that elusive second victory out of the three. For sure. And, and that, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that we have this game for these two teams that we suspect will be highly entertaining. And, you know, it's not always that I get as excited about AAC tournament games as Big 12 games. Normally when the Shockers are playing in it, I do. But, you know, this is just put everything else aside. The fact that we care about and follow closely Wichita State, this should just be a really good game based on the way the yeah. other two games have been. And there are a lot of really talented players on the floor during this game. And and I suspect that we'll get another, you know, shootout type environment. And you you kind of feel good about the Shockers' chances in those games. Like, go back and pull the tape from what we talked about in October and November and how Wichita State was needing to go back old school and you know, the play angry and grind it out type of games, we were wrong. That's not their path. Their path is this. Their path is running it, driving to the basketball, high energy, high octane, and it's been a better brand of the of the team. Isaac Brown was asked, you know, earlier this week about changing the style, and and he didn't he says we didn't really change our style. We're just playing better. And and maybe that's a part of it too. I don't know. But they're they're definitely they they inspire confidence, I think, if you're a Shocker fan right now. That's that's sort of the one thing that's changed, right? I think Shocker fans are relatively confident in this team now when that was one of the biggest challenges of this team earlier in the year from a fan's perspective. And you know what? I do think that he maybe was downplaying that a little bit because I do think it's a different style. And, of course, I mean, he's going to you know tell you that they're just playing better, but... Uh, you, it's kind of a night and day stylistic difference from what we saw at the beginning of the season when it wasn't working to now. And I'm sure he's downplaying it because it's one of those things where um, I'm not sure a lot of coaches are going to want to say midway through the season, yeah, we completely changed up the way that we play offensively. Uh, we really changed what our focus is. Um, but I think let me, they let did me give to you an extent. Quote. Let me give okay. you his quote. So he was asked this week about changing that style of play during the second half, which is what it's felt like, right? And he said, quote, we didn't necessarily change anything. Guys just started turning down three-point shots. They were open for a reason because they weren't shooting it well. They trusted the process, started to play inside out. They got it down to James Rojas and Kenny Poto on the block, turned down these wide-open threes early in the shot clock to get a better shot. We're valuing the basketball late, not turning it over. That's why we became a better offensive team. we got to continue to do that. Play inside out, take good shots, try to get stops, and get out and transition for easy buckets so we don't have to go against a set defense. So I, I think I think both things are true here, Tommy. They may not be they may not have, you know, transformed the offense that they play. They're valuing different shots. But the one thing I do think, I mean, it had to have been a change because it just looks so different, is the pace at which they're playing. Right, they're they're playing at a more frenetic pace. They're moving the ball more quickly. The transition stuff, and maybe that was the intention and the goal all along. And guys are just now doing it, but it has changed. It is different than it was earlier in the year. They're moving the ball more quickly, and it is creating easier opportunities. I mean, there's the game last night was a perfect example of that. 
and can we give Isaac Brown some credit in that? I mean, he plays a huge role in the way that he's kind of been able to unlock the Shocker offense during the second half of the season. And that was always, and I've heard it from Shocker fans basically since Isaac Brown got the job, that one of the knocks on Isaac Brown was his inability to adjust. We had talked about it in this show early this season, the inability for the players to or, realize or that the inability to get players to adjust. Exactly. I, I don't right, think right, right. Isaac yeah. Brown right. was sitting there stubbornly saying, no, no, this is, I, I just think that it was it the players was were wanting clicking. to take those threes right. and it wasn't working. And we kept saying, like, guys, do something different. And that was always a knock that he couldn't get those guys to try to do something different. Well, they're doing something different now and it's working. And this is the best version of this team that we've seen this season at the exact right time. And so I think that because of that, yeah, I think it absolutely means that Isaac Brown deserves some credit for being able to sort of unlock that. And I don't exactly know. I don't know if I can pinpoint exactly when it happened. I don't know if there was a particular game going back in conference play that we can point at and say that was the change. That was the game that things sort of unlocked or if it was more of a gradual thing until we got to the point to where we said, well, look at this team now. Look at the way they're scoring. Like it's, you know, it's different. But regardless I think that he's absolutely right in his quote in saying that the guys are valuing different shots more than they did at the beginning of the season. You know, they were getting the ball up the court early in the season and kind of standing around and then launching a three and it wouldn't work. And then they would go give up two points on the other end. Uh, and, and so it's it's different now than it was before. And so I think that absolutely the entire squad deserves a lot of credit for making that change and realizing that if they value different kinds of shots, that that's ultimately going to lead to success. Yeah, it is. And and it has right like we're, we're seeing it and, and they have definitely bought into that now. Like it's it's there right They're They're doing the things that they need to do. It's one of the great things about Shocker basketball, and it's ultimately why I think you and I are, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm pretty sure you've said this before. As long as they didn't fall flat in the tournament, it was Isaac Brown's team for another year. I, I do yeah. think, again, like... I believe if, that. I do, too, as as long as there's not, like, a mass exodus of players. And I, and I just don't get the sense that that's going to happen. This team appears to be... Like, just think about the body language, Tommy, and the the vibe of things last year versus this year, right? Everybody seems like they're having a great time. Even when they're not, you know, even when they don't win the games, they have the effort is unquestioned, to me at least, to my eyes. And so, you know, I think this group has, has you know, played well together. And, and, I, and as long as they've got guys coming back next year, yeah, I think absolutely it's Isaac Brown's team next year and you know going back to the whole point about the transfer portal and players you know leaving and what that might look like don't you think that right now as it stands with the way that Wichita State is set up NIL and with the the way that they are peaking at the right time that at least in my mind I don't know the inner workings of the program I don't know the relationships that the players have with coach Brown and all of that but I would think that they're the the program is in a good position right now to not lose a bunch of players this offseason. Again, I don't know. Anything can happen. But the the people that the players that we've looked at as being, you know, key cogs in the machine, especially next season, like Jaquan Walton and Jerron Pierre and, you know, some others, don't you think that right now, with the way the program is, 
and the way that the entire athletic department is with NIL and all of that, that it's night and day different and better than it was a year ago? I think so. I mean, I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. It seems like it is. Uh, and, and that does matter. And we'll see what NIL opportunities may await. And we'll see. You know, the other thing is, too, that it gets really hard to evaluate it. Um, you know, you think back to Ricky Council, right? That was a guy that the IB staff identified and, and did, you know, what the Shocker program has done for a long time. And that's go, you know, find diamonds in the rough. And you can look across the stinking country right now and see how well Wichita State has done that over the past six or seven years. Now, the issue has been those guys haven't stayed, but we see it everywhere, right? Between Council and Burton and Eric Stevenson and Grant Sherfield and all of these guys who have found success at other places, those were under-recruited guys, you know, for the most part. And, you know, IB was a part of staffs that identified those. And then we saw Council, which was his. So those are good things. They, he also did a really good job identifying late in the game and without the resources and did, I think, a really nice job in the portal this past season. What if you don't have to start from scratch? Right. What if you don't have to do that? And you can then go have, with the resources available, a full swing for the fences offseason of transfer portals. Like, it's a little unnerving that they don't really have – they have one player, right, that, that's coming in at three – but who cares in this era of basketball? That's not the way that the Shockers currently are going to build their teams anyway. And you can love that or hate it. It doesn't bother me at all because it's working for teams all across the country. It's They're the just reality. Working. Well, it's it is. the way that it is. And we'll see. This is going to be a – K-State will be a really interesting case study on this because they didn't have a choice. They had to build it through the portal for this year. Next year, they have a great recruiting class. And so, like, we'll get to see both for Jerome Tang. And I would suspect that there will be a slight, you know, hitch in the giddy-up for K-State next year because they are starting with much younger players, right? Now, they may still go get portal guys. I don't know. But long-term, I think that that's great. Kansas is the outlier because Kansas gets to do both, right? Kansas gets to go add three or four you know, McDonald's All-Americans and Kevin McCuller and Joe Yesifu and all these, you know, fantastic transfer players too. So it, it's all very different. But Wichita State, and I and I don't think there is anything wrong with, and I think Shocker fans could be totally fine with, right, having a team made up of guys coming from other places because it instantly at least gives you experience. And if you got to start from scratch basically in college basketball anymore anyway – Again, there aren't a lot of teams that get to do what Bill Self does, and that's have, you know, every year there is somebody like Jalen Wilson who's been with the program for a long time and can really set the tone, and Dewan Harris and all. You know, not very many teams get to do that anymore. Kansas is unique in that. So if Wichita State, you know, if they can get guys in for two years, maybe three years, it's going to be a good path for them to have a lot of success because what do you want in the tournament, right? You want experience. That's what you want, and, and that's what you get out of the transfer portal. It'll get a little harder to transfer and play like Eric Stevenson has for five different teams. That's not going to be as easy as it has been in the past. So I, I think it's a path. I'm very curious to see it. I don't want to get to the offseason any sooner because I'm really enjoying right now for Shocker basketball, which is the most important thing. But it will be a curious offseason and how that plays out. I still think that ultimately decides it. 
but but look, I, I think Isaac Brown has done enough, and I think that this team is playing well enough to just go through the contract, see what happens, and evaluate as you go. Again, it is impossible to guess at this stuff. There's one person who knows, and it's Kevin Saul. There's one person who probably has a good gauge for what kinds of candidates are out there if you did. Like, we don't know any of that. We're just I'm just basing this off the way the team is playing, looking ahead and what the American Athletic Conference will be, having a realistic grasp or at least uh, bird's eye view of the financial situation facing the Shockers right now with coaches and, and cleaning up other things that you've got to clean up. I'm excited about it. I am. And, you know, I'm glad I'm excited about it on March 10th. Probably didn't. I wasn't excited about it on January 10th, but I am now. And that's all yeah. that really matters. And look, the other thing, too, to keep in mind for Shocker fans that, you know, have been loud over the course of the season about their desires for Isaac Brown to not return as head coach. Right now, on March 10th, I, I would be shocked if there were many Shocker fans out there at all that would say with the way that Jaquan Walton has played and his emergence the emergence of Jerron Pierre, the emergence of Kenny Poto, that you would not want those guys back next season. I think that everybody would say, yeah, like we want, let, let's oh, have yeah. them back and let's bring in Colby Rogers and, you know, see what this team can do. And what if I told you, and I don't know this, but what if I told you that a really solid way to ensure that those guys are back is if Isaac Brown returns. That's and I think that that, I mean, Right. That's and don't it. you think that that's again, we don't know the motivations. We don't know the inner workings of the relationships and the way that NIL is all played out. We know it's better than what it was. But man, I would suggest and I again, I don't know, but I'm just I'm I'm speculating here. I would suggest that a wide a, a large portion of the players that transferred out. It wasn't because they didn't like Isaac Brown. It was because they were getting better opportunities elsewhere in NIL. Right. I think that's a big part of it. And it's been well documented how far behind Wichita State had fallen in the NIL world. And so I think that now that that has been established and is in a much better place than it was a year ago, due large in part to Kevin Saul and what he's been able to do as athletic director, I would think that that combined with the fact that now we're starting to see a little bit of momentum in a positive direction with this team. I feel like we're in a place now where. Just let's keep it rolling. Like, let's ride this wave and continue to see if these players return with the addition of Colby Rogers, what this staff can do. I'm excited about that. And I want that all to work because I think that gives the Shockers a real chance next year uh, to make the NCAA tournament again. And hey, they may make it this year. We got games to play. They play Tulane tonight. You'll hear it over on KEYN. Pre-game coverage begins at 7 o'clock for an 8 o'clock tip. Here we go. It's the best time of the year, baby. We're going to come back. We'll talk about KU's game tonight. They play against Iowa State. The two dominant forces in Big 12 tournament basketball recent history meet up today at the T-Mobile Center. We'll talk about it next on Sports Daily.
Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster alongside you on this day. Tommy, it's been KU and uh, Iowa State's tournament to have in most years. Listen to this. Since 2013, since 2013, right? We're looking at a decade here. There has been one Big 12 tournament winner, not Kansas or Iowa State, and it was Texas last year. Uh, sorry, Texas two years ago. Um, Kansas won it last year. That's insane, right? Like the dominance that these two teams have had in this tournament is just wild in recent years with all the good teams that have come out of the Big 12. We've had, I mean, Baylor was a flipping national champion and Tech was almost a national champion in that same time frame. Yet these two teams in this tournament continue to just dominate it. Weird things happen in Kansas City. That's the way that it's always been. Um, you know, the Big 12 tournament is one of my favorite weekends of the entire year. Uh, and especially when you've got a conference as good from top to bottom as the Big 12 has been this season. I mean, it's elite, high-level quality basketball. And we're going to see that tonight with Kansas and Iowa State. And Iowa State is a team that, man, like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how Iowa State could win the Big 12. Uh, the regular season title. They they started off really, really well. They cooled off quite a bit after that. And then I think that a lot of folks, including myself, you know, kind of put them in the next tier down. Like they weren't quite up there with Kansas and Baylor and Texas and even uh, TCU and Kansas State. They were kind of on that next rung down. But here they are. And, and they looked really good yesterday. I know we talked about it in the last hour, but I, mean, I, I cannot get over the fact that they out-rebounded Baylor 44-17. to the, the offensive rebounds, that differential was 24 to 4. Uh, I mean, that is, again, uncharacteristic of a Scott Drew team, but just shows the level of physicality that Iowa State can play with and the fact that, you know, they, they do what they need to do to get up and get those rebounds. And so, you know, if that can continue for Iowa State today, uh, I don't think they're going to out-rebound Kansas quite at that margin. But, man, like if they can get up and they can get active on the boards, who knows what will happen. Totally. And and look, this is why we love March Madness, because it's the one opportunity right in sports, because football's just not played the same way. And the chances for upsets in football are far less likely than they are in a sport like basketball. But we love March Madness because it's madness and because anybody can win at any point And and it's absolutely to me, it's the greatest postseason. Is it the most fair? Not even close. But is it the most fun? Absolutely. And you know, it's it's a it's a format in a sport that has you know dazzled us forever. Wichita State's women bucked a trend in a year where they were an eight seed, twenty seven yeah. and zero. 27 and 0, yeah. a large sample size. They go out this year, they buck that trend. They get that win. Like it happens all the time. And so it's it's awesome to see it and watch it and have fun with it. It's why every fan base feels like you got a chance. It's why I think winning conference tournaments to get into the NCAA tournament again, is it the most fair? Nope. Is it the most fun? Yep. And that's just the way it is. 
Like, it's not fair that a bad team can win a conference tournament and their entire body of work for the for the season just sort of goes in the, you know, in the trash can and they got hot. It doesn't matter because they won the game they needed to. And that's, again, I think that's the beauty of it. The beauty is in the chaos of it. And so the conference tournaments, it, they, they just, they mean a whole lot. Now, do they mean a whole lot for anybody remaining in the Big 12 tournament? Not really. Um right? Because I think everybody's fates are mostly sealed. K-State could have improved their lot in the draw, maybe. Um, There was some debate about that. But that doesn't mean these teams don't want to win the Big 12 tournament. Why wouldn't you? And it's such a good, you know, precursor for the NCAA tournament. It's very similar uh, to get a little experience. But when you look at, like, the AAC tournament, those fates are not sealed, right? Houston's in, Memphis maybe, and that's it. Everybody else, like, that's it. Season is on the line every night, and that's awesome. What a fun thing. So, yeah, we look at these tournaments, and we get excited about them. Even in the Big 12 sense, when they don't mean a whole lot, you don't think Iowa State wants to win that tournament and keep this trend alive? I mean, 10 years now, these two teams have dominated this tournament. On the men's side, I'd have to look, but I highly doubt that there has been a a conference tournament so heavily you know, favored to a handful of teams, especially one that's as competitive as the Big 12 is every year. Keep in mind also that all these teams in the Big 12 tournament, while their fates may have been sealed already, for the most part, I mean, I think outside of Oklahoma State, uh, as far as whether or not they make the NCAA tournament, like everybody knows pretty much what teams are going to be in from the Big 12. They're still jockeying for position as far as seeding is concerned, a lot of the teams. Like I think Kansas, we know that they're going to be a number one seed, but Man, I don't know. We didn't talk about it with Kansas State in the last hour, but I don't know if that early exit will be the difference between them getting a two seed or a three seed. And, you know, people might say, well, does that really matter? I mean, it might as far as the draw. It might as far as the region. Uh, And who knows? I mean, we don't know until Selection Sunday, but these games do matter for the teams. Maybe not, you know, for their overall whether or not they make the tournament for the most part, but as far as where they're seated, sure. Absolutely. Iowa State is in a position right now where every win that they have in the Big 12 tournament will absolutely go to what seed they will end up in in the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, that I think that's added motivation for sure for them uh, and something to keep in mind that, again, like while they know they're going to make the tournament, they don't exactly know where they're going to be seated. And so the season might not be on the line for them, but the difference between one seed to a, a lower seed, you know, is going to come into play. Yeah, I I, uh, I love it. I, I just, these games are such a blast. And, like, the, the reality is, Tommy, especially in the Big 12, like, they've all been a blast all year long, right? Like, it's not, this, this isn't any more or less awesome than a random Big Monday when two good teams meet up. I mean, it's just, that's why, and, and I want to bring this a little bit bigger picture here. When we've been talking about the Big 12 and the maneuvering and, you know, conference realignment and everything, I, I firmly believe that, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, that the Big 12's basketball brand, right, and, and you know, if it's Arizona added and Gonzaga added and the ACC's ripe for poaching at some point and you go – shoot for the stars to some of those basketball-centric schools, like you're going to end up with, 
you know, probably 18 to 20 basketball schools that are really, really good and that can provide a regular season, man, I think that I think you can get everybody on board with it. I really do. And and it's it would be something we haven't really seen totally utilized. But I just don't know how people like how do you watch K State and TCU last night and just not feel like that's a different level of basketball or a different not even different level. That's probably not fair to the other leagues, but a different viewing experience, right? That that's fun for anybody to watch. Two teams get that physical. It's like old school NBA. I mean, they're they're beating the hell out of each other, fighting hard for every basket. Uh, it means a lot to these guys, clearly. Jerome Tang said, by the way, after the game, that his team will not be underprepared for how physical these games are going to get the rest of the way again. He felt like they were underprepared for the physicality because I thought they were just as physical. TCU was just better at it yeah. than they were last night. But, you know, that aside, like KU, Iowa State's going to be the same way today. They're, they're, they're going to get is. after it just like that today. And I have a couple of thoughts as it relates to realignment that I want to talk about here in a minute. But to your point on KU and, and Iowa State, um, I'll tell you right now, my prediction in this game is that if Gabe Kalshier from Iowa State scores over 20 points, then it's going to be a long day for the Jayhawks. Uh, they've got to try to find a way to limit him. I mean, he was hitting shots yesterday against Baylor, and he's the kind of guy that you don't want him to heat up. Uh, you've got to do a, a good job defensively on him. And, you know, so I don't know if that's a purely Dewan Harris job or if that's a Kevin McCuller job, if he's available or a combination of them, but you've got to try to limit him. He's the main guy that can get Iowa State going offensively, kind of be that spark plug for them, especially now that Caleb Grill is away from the program. Um, and I would say he's probably the most consistent offensive threat that Iowa State has. So you've got to try to limit him defensively. That's going to be a, a key role. Uh, for the Jayhawks on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and then as far as realignment, and we haven't even talked about this, Jacob, because we've been talking about, you know, all of the actual results and the, the tournaments and all of that. Uh, Dennis Dodd from CBS, who's been kind of the most consistent reporter on all of this. This was yesterday, about 23 hours ago, uh, reported that the Big 12 is ready to pounce on the four corner schools and that Brett Yormark and the Big 12, they've had weekly conversations with those schools uh, I guess there's a Colorado Board of Regents meeting where they're going to be talking about the viability of the Pac-12. And Dodd is speculating that it may only take one of those four schools to, to, to bounce and to go to the Big 12, and the other three may then follow. So definitely something to keep, uh, keep close eyes on as it looks like this thing is starting to heat up. Yeah, I, look, it, I, it's the timing of it that gets interesting. And, and I don't know, you know, the Pac-12 and, and the reporters that are have favored the Pac-12, and, and I don't say favored because of, like, an implied bias, even though I think there is some of that that's pretty unavoidable with these conversations. I just mean, if you, if you typically are getting information from one side or the other, one side's going to say one thing, one side's going to say the other. The Pac-12 doesn't want to show weakness. I saw Stuart Mandel point out today that the Pac-12 remains confident they'll get the same TV deal. And then in there he says, and and Oregon State and Washington State's presidents are downplaying this this week. Well, of course they are. They don't really have a sure. home. Nobody wants right. them. Like, yeah. of course they're going to downplay it. It's just like, you know, it's just like Oresco, the AAC 
conference commissioner yesterday sent out like a memo, basically dogging the power five mentality. All this. I get it, right? He, the AAC is in real trouble. So, of course, he's going to say that. Does anybody believe that the AAC is going to be in a great position when this all settles out? No. But what's the commissioner supposed to say? What is the president of Oregon State and Washington State supposed to say? They don't know where they're going to end up in all this. Like, well, and, and look like, you know, th this whole um, belief that the Pac-12 is still going to be able to go and get the same deal that the Big 12 did. They is, might. No, they won't. There's no way. There is no I, I chance that they can get the same deal. They needed to be aggressive at the time, and the fact that they've sat on their hands, they, they're not. And, you know, people criticized the Big 12 deal at the time as, you know, not being a ton of money, like not being as much money as maybe people thought that they could have gotten, but at least they got it done, and now they're viable as a conference. I'd rather have that than the other way around, and that's what we're looking at with the Pac-12 right now. Look, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they won't get the TV deal because I have no idea. What I do have a pretty good guess on is even if they get the money, they're not getting the same exposure because of where that money is going to be, right? And if I'm a, you know, if I'm a school and maybe look, the Pac-12 and their academics and all that stuff, okay, that's that's a totally different conversation. If that's the way the universities are going to go. Gosh, Tommy, nine times out of ten, money talks, man. And if, if, even if they get the same dollars, I don't think they're getting the same eyeballs. Because if it's not on Fox, if it's not on ESPN, if it's not on TNT, if it's not on uh, NBC, if it's not on ABC or CBS, and you're telling me it's going to be a combination of the Ion Network and maybe a little Amazon Prime and maybe a little Apple TV and – that just isn't the same thing. That's not equitable. Maybe it is 10 years from now, but it's not right now. Not when we're talking about sports, right? It's different when you want to go binge watch a show. But to, to think that you're going to get the same amount of eyeballs, it'd be like, Tommy, hey, Netflix bid for the Super Bowl next year, and the Super Bowl will be on Netflix. I get why Netflix would do that, right? Totally. There won't be the same amount of people watching that on Netflix as there are on whichever network it's going to be on. So, yeah, you might get the same dollars. You might, you know, they might pony up and bid the same to get the TV. That's fine. Good for them. Well, the big but difference, it won't though, be the then same in that, level of exposure. The big difference in that scenario is that you can't, there's no way you can equate the Super Bowl to the Pac 12. And so I get what no, you're saying. No, that's not what like, I'm I get the to argument. Say. I get the argument as far as there are going to be media properties that are probably going to want to bid on what the Pac-12 has. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's going to be like, I don't know, even if they get the Ion Network and Amazon or whatever the combination is, while that's not ideal from an exposure point of view, like I, I, I do think that they'll, there will end up being a payday for the Pac-12 regardless of what, you know, combination of teams are in the conference. But I just don't think that that's going to be enough to keep these, you know, quote unquote, premier schools from staying in the Pac-12 for their brands, for their individual right. brands. That's, it's, that's it's what not, I've been it's, saying. Right. That's it's what I've not been saying work. from the beginning. Right. Like if if you if you want your brand out there and exposed the most, even if the dollars are the same, it won't be the same. Right. Because we still watch sports. A certain way and it does matter 
the ratings tell us it matters if a game is on ESPN versus ESPN Plus. Where are the more eyeballs going to be? They're going to be on ESPN no matter who's playing. That's, and you know I mean, what? That's... Now we're also getting these uh, – and it started a couple of weeks ago with Baylor's athletic director talking about – I think he was mentioning Gonzaga. And that was kind of the first time that we've seen member schools – actually starting to comment on some of these realignment type deals where really they had been quiet about all of it. It was Baylor's athletic director first. And now, and we didn't, we haven't talked about this at all, both Bill Self before the incident yesterday when he was doing his media availability and Jerome Tang, both of them talked about big 12 expansion and realignment. They both were specifically mentioning other schools. Jerome Tang, his quote was, I've always thought the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, are a natural fit for us. Who doesn't want to visit Arizona? Those were Jerome Tang's words. We have not seen God, Brett Yormark's good at his job. Right. Because you know Brett Yormark's like, hey, guys, let's focus on this, please. Here are the talking points. Yeah. Here here we go. This is good for all of us. I want you guys guys to talk about this. And before, where this was something that was limited by the the presidents of the universities and maybe the athletic directors, and then, of course, you know, Brett, your mark in the center of all of it, now it's trickling down to the coaches are talking about, hey, this would be really good for the conference. And, I mean, it's of course, it's it's orchestrated, but that's, again, to your point, Brett, your mark is pretty intelligent in the way he wants to do this. I'm going to have to be careful about what I'm going to say, but I really want to say it, one, because I think it's funny, and two, because I think it's at least partially true. But do you know who values an opinion of a high-level college administrator more than a high-level college administrator? Nobody, right? Right. Nobody does. And and the reality is it doesn't matter in this conversation if a president – now, they're going to have the final say, kind of, if – I don't know how it's structured out west, but around here there's a board of regents. And if a board of regents is told, hey, guys, our schools have an opportunity for X amount of exposure that we equate to X amount of dollars if we have this opportunity, what does everybody think here? We don't line up with it. We don't offer the same level of science program, but we really love that science program. We we should stick where we are and and cost ourselves – you know, whatever we evaluate this dollar, fit, it's not going to happen, right? So it may happen at some schools. I, I don't want to say that universally because, you know, there are really prestigious academic universities everywhere and especially out West. But you know what? I, I, I think that K-State and Kansas think they're pretty dang prestigious too right? academically. And some and of that what? stuff is just, it's just putting your nose in the air. Right. Great. Keep it there. And we'll see how this works out. And, of course, we've known for a long time that Bill Self is a very, very effective and eloquent spokesman for the university. And when he wants something and he says it, it's going to happen. Jerome Tang has built up a lot of equity in his name over this last season. And why not? And I don't know if Brett Yormark actually, you know, said, hey, here are the talking points, guys. Uh, Or if it's just them shooting from the hip and, and them saying that, yeah, they do think it's a good thing. But regardless, their voices carry weight. And I don't think that, yeah, it's great. Ultimately, the president of the university will have the final say with the Board of Regents and all of that. But, man, having your very, very public basketball coaches vocally supporting it, that can go a long way. I'm going to end it with this, Tommy. Let's say you're Arizona State and you're trying to make this decision. Selling tickets matters, too. 
right? And I'm yep. talking just about basketball as a small, small component of this. But if you're Arizona State and you don't sell a ton of basketball tickets, and do you think you'll have a better chance to sell out some home games if you've got top 10 Kansas, top 10 Baylor, potentially top 10 Kansas State, top 10, you know, Gonzaga at some point coming into town? Of course you will. 100%. Like the TV deals matter, but it's more than just the dollars of the TV deal. The Big 12 is exploding in popularity right now. Exploding. And we'll see if they can pay off on it. That was a tangent we weren't quite expecting today. We'll come back another full segment here on Sports Daily Next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. back everybody a couple of non-basketball topics there's video out now of the the Jets rookies burning a cheese head to try and lure Aaron Rodgers in Sauce Gardner Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson having a little fun remember Sauce Gardner took a cheese head and had some fun at Aaron Rodgers expense earlier uh earlier last season I think Rodgers will dig that by the way I think he'll think that's kind of cool uh, but Brees Hall's in there good to see a local uh a local legend uh, in the pop culture news, or to some degree, it's pop culture. 
Another local tie to a big story, Fred, Fred Van Vliet. If you haven't seen the video of his thoughts on some officiating in the NBA recently, you should go check it out. It's uh, not safe for work to some degree. He yeah, I don't think we does, could play it. No, we. I, I don't think we can play it. I think we'd. Uh, I think we'd catch a fine just like Fred Van Vliet did. Uh, but he didn't hold back. It was well worth it. Absolutely doesn't surprise any of us to hear it because Fred Van Vliet is wired that way, and he'll tell you what he thinks. And he told reporters what he thought about some recent officiating. He's right, and uh, and it's highly entertaining stuff. The other thing about Fred Van Vliet is that he's not a whiner. He doesn't whine, uh, and and there are some players in the NBA, and I'm not going to mention names, but I think everybody knows several of them can think of names of guys that whine all the time, and Fred Van Vliet is not one of them. And so considering that he doesn't do that, uh, that means that his words typically carry quite a bit of weight, and people will listen to him because he doesn't make a habit of complaining and whining about every little thing that happens to him and he was fed up and so uh, I liked the way that he handled it I know he got a $30,000 fine uh, but man if, if the officiating is that bad and you know you've got in his mind he's got there's one referee that's out to get him uh, every time that they play you know I, I think that he's got to be allowed to speak his mind and at least be public about it. And you know what, if the NBA wants to find him, okay, he'll, he'll pay that fine, I guess, and, and move on. But he said what he wanted to say. I mean, it's just classic. <laughs> it's classic Fred Van Vliet. And it's, you know, it was great. I, I loved it. Check it out. If you didn't see it, you definitely want to check it out. Cause it is worth the time. Again, don't like blare it. If you're at work or around your kids or whatever, because there is colorful language involved, but yeah, Fred. Uh, Fred, not happy, not having it with uh, with this certain official and the way he's been treated uh, in uh, in well this year. Really, I think what five out of five out of the eight games he's played with that official, he's gotten a technical foul. <laughs> Come on yep. now, and and look, Fred's demonstrative, but not typically, at least from what I've ever seen, in a way that was deserving of technical fouls, like. Fred's pretty straight shooter, I think, and and seemed to have good relationships with, you know, officials and opposing coaches and all that kind of stuff, even opposing players. Like, he was intense and everything else, but always respectful. Uh, not respectful in that post-game press conference. Not that it was warranted because he wasn't – he felt like he wasn't being respected either. But uh, highly entertaining video to catch. Uh, Wichita State softball, real quick, Tommy, yesterday. Uh, tall order. They welcomed in 12th-ranked Stanford. Stanford got out to a big lead. Shockers never could recover. Snaps an 11-game win streak. Um, I love that they go aggressively scheduled that way. Uh, that is the right way to do it. That's the right way to prepare yourselves for late in the year. But they couldn't get it done against Stanford. Now they got a big weekend coming up, though, because they get Nebraska coming in for two. Shocker softball uh, at home all week. I'm excited about this this series this weekend for them. Yeah, that's, it's always been a, a challenge for Wichita State. They, they've got a great softball program, but... I think one of the questions has always been, can they get over the hump and beat really, really elite competition? And uh, they weren't able to do it against Stanford, but yeah, they continue it this weekend against Nebraska. And to your point, I agree with you, should set them up really nicely for late in the season. Yeah, you, you like to get those kinds of games in now so you can know what it will be later in the year. We'll take one final break. We'll tell you what's coming up, what's on tap on the networks today. That's how we wrap up a Friday edition of Sports Daily. It ain't the latest thing. Stay. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.